These are the stories of The 116, a podcast from the heart of the First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. This is where belief becomes action and action brings hope. Here's your host, Greg Fish. And welcome along to episode 17 of The 116, coming to you from downtown Peoria in the catacombs of First United Methodist Church. And uh, we're so happy to have you along with us. Thank you all for downloading the program, for your ratings and your comments that you've left for us. Those are always appreciated. And if you're listening to this through social media, please be sure and share and like this program because that's another way that we get the good word out about what's going on. And I have a couple of guests here today that actually kind of present an interesting question for us, and that is, how do I introduce them? Because we're, we're being a little bit careful about names. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the first the work of First United Methodist Church, you might recognize the, the names John and Jen in regards to doing missions work. Uh, but, but for their safety and uh, for future considerations, that's as far as we're going to go into with the names, and we're not going to be terribly specific with location work as well as we talk about some really unique things that God is putting on their heart and uh, the direction. So come on, tell us where you're going. Tell us. We really want to No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Putting you on the spot. Uh, John and Jen, thank you so much for joining me here today. And let's start with this. Uh, You guys have what we would call in, in the work of the church, a calling on your life. But for those of you, who aren't familiar with such a term, what in the world is a calling to missions work? What does that look like? Jen's giving me the side eye, so I guess I'm going to be the one to answer first. Um, Because I think, yeah, that kind of gets into some of our our personal story, and it really, for us, begins with me, Mm -hmm. because this was more of an interest that I had than Jen did. Um, And, you know, for me personally, it, trying to think of the best way to start. But to start with, you know, when we say calling, I really think of it as um, a a, a desire to make a change in the world. Mm. Um, And I think that is common in our culture today that we want to get out, we want to make a difference. Um, But what's unique for us is that I feel like that difference, that desire, that passion to make some sort of change is coming from God's leading and God's spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you can have a certainty then in your heart that you are heading in the right direction because of this, uh, this kind of affirmation of God's presence in your heart and mind as you as you are weighing this and going through this process. Is, is that how that's worked for you? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, as you going through this process, I think every step of the way there's always kind of a heart check that you have because okay. when, when challenges come or uh, things happen that you don't anticipate or some kind of hardship that you need to get over comes, there is always that question of, is this really what I should be doing? Is this really what is what God wants me to do? Or does it, is it just, um, it's probably some healthy questioning, right? It is. It I- is. And it, um, but, uh, <laughs> well, you know, and that's okay because I I think that's one of the things we struggle with. We, we think that as believers in Jesus, we can't struggle with doubt. But those who are in the thick of doing ministry work realize that doubt is a companion, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a really good thing to make sure you are going in the right direction. Right, and I think um, yeah, when those when those hardships come up, when those challenges come up, it forces you to sit back to 
to re-examine why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Am I doing this because I just want to make myself feel good or because I want to have some sort of positive cred on social media? I want to look like I'm being a good person. Or is it really because I'm doing what I think is the right thing to do and Mm -hmm. I'm really doing it? Am I really doing it for the right reasons? And so at the end of the day, um, that's the question you're left with. And you're left with wondering, am am I doing it for me or am I doing it for God? So Jim, what does it look like for you? Uh, That is actually very interesting because, um, and I was just sharing this story with someone else the other day, um, how I didn't grow up in the church. Mm -hmm. So I came to know Christ in high school and I came to um, really experience Christ in college. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when I saw a lot of my own personal growth. And, um, you know, I kind of was was going through life trying to (laughs) make it and figure things out. And I, I felt like I like, I'm, I'm not for missions. That's not my thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of been a long period of heart change to realize that missions is everyone's thing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to go abroad. You can, you can show your neighbor Christ. Like that's what we're supposed to do. It's for everyone, Mm -hmm. wherever you are and whoever you encounter. So some people aren't called to go and they're the ones that, um, we look to for prayer support and to be, there's a really good analogy that I heard a while back about how um, people that support uh, workers in prayer and finances are the anchor that they're held by. Like they're holding the other end of the rope while we're out doing our thing and trying to share Jesus with people. So um, it's a, it's an analogy that I really appreciated because I feel like I value each and every person that I know is praying for me and that is supporting us. So, so was was this calling to missions work before you were married, or did it come after you guys were married? And it's something that formed in your relationship. Uh, definitely something that came before. Okay. So, so for me, my background is in engineering. Okay, um, and in college, so college was a really formative time for both of us in our in our personal faiths. Um, and for me, I did feel challenged to um, get involved with economic development and social justice even back in college. And from, enge- from an engineering perspective, that was really focused on making physical change, mm-hmm. going out and doing engineering projects. Um, over time, that evolved. I think God led me down a path that highlighted that um, there's a lot of good ministry that's happening, making physical change, economic development, um, and that's really good. But in the long term, if you want to see the world changed, it requires heart change. Mm, um, yes. And so that's where I feel like God led me down a path that really was focused on wanting to pursue and see heart change in people and invite them to experience the transformation that comes, I think, with knowing Christ and being a Jesus follower. So that's what got me first interested. Uh, where we're going was also kind of a nerdy interest that I just sort of had. (laughs) And it wasn't until we were dating that I felt like this is probably something I should bring up that's Mm -hmm. on my mind. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. (laughs) And tell me about that day, Jen. (laughs) Uh, Well, um, you'd already applied and you'd already gone. No, you hadn't yet gone to explore, but you'd been invited, right? Um, No. The uh, interview process. 
I did it while we were dating. Yes. You're right. It well, was after it was after I brought it up with you. Yeah. Regardless, um he brought it up and said this is something that I feel really strongly about and I feel like God's calling for my life and um before we're engaged, I thought I should let you know so you can think pray about it. Don't know if sure. that's a deal breaker. <laughs> so wow. yeah. over the next couple of weeks I did. I we were in a long-term relationship at that point. Mm-hmm. Um but I thought and prayed about it and eventually came to the the head conclusion of, well, as long as I have him and God, I will be fine. I am confident in that. I, you know, I liked him well enough. So Good. I figured, Good. all right, in for a penny, in for a pound, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> which, you know, maybe isn't the f- best initial motivation. But um, after that, after we got married and going through this process and being appointed myself, um, it's, it's something that I've owned too, wow. because it, it has to be, because I can't, I'm not going to just be a sidekick. I'm, I'm going to be involved and follow God's call for my life, whatever that ends up looking like. I don't really know, but, um, <laughs> if it's, if it's something that is his thing, then I would be able to sit back where we go and say, this is your fault. You brought me here. And that is not good for our relationship, for our marriage. And it's not good for me either. So um, I took ownership and that way the finger's going to be pointing at me if (laughs) things go wrong too. But well, and, and also I wanted to bring it up, not, not just because of our, for the sake of the health of our own personal relationship, but also because, you know, going into it, I didn't want it to be me plus you Mm. that it, this needed to be a team effort, that this is something we both needed to. Yeah. It's good. It's good. By the way, I took a little bit of amusement when you said you you kind of honed in on this area out of a nerdy interest. (laughs) So just kind of a fascination with this particular area kind of started the ball rolling for you in your mind. It did actually. It's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of strange. Um, so after college, I did an internship with um, another Christian organization um, that does engineering. And while I shared an office with two or three other people that had also served in this area of the world. Um, and it was, it was in- interesting to me, inspiring in a way to see the passion that they had for it. Um, and so that just kind of perked my interest and yeah it just that just was the seed that grew so so when you talk with people what what typical person age group has the most trouble understanding why a young couple such as yourself would want to leave behind this country and go overseas into a, a radically different cultural situation to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it, is it people your own age? Is it old? Who, who tends to have the hardest time dealing with what it is you guys are doing? Yeah. I don't know that we've, I don't know. Really? I, I have I a like, thought. I don't know what, if. I, can't, I don't know if I could pinpoint an age group. But. Interestingly, I feel like it's actually older people. Okay. Who tend to be a little more, not, and not like discouraging or confused, but more like, wow, that's, that's so awesome that you're doing that. That's and it's like, well, thank you. I'm I'm flattered. I'm I'm glad that you're happy for us. But I feel like with our generation, it's almost more. I don't know what word I want to think oh, of. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and, and you guys being in the millennial generation, one of the things that the millennials are known for is kind of the put your money where your mouth is uh, generation. You know, if you yeah. believe it, do it. Now, it doesn't always happen that way, but there's that belief system anyway. So I would suspect, and I don't, well, tell me, is that true that among other millennials that they seem to really resonate with somebody who is doing what they say they believe? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I hadn't thought about the the way you phrased it, put, a, put your money where your mouth is, but... Uh-huh. You know what? I think that very much describes what got me started on this path personally back in college. Because it mm. was, you know, you're in college, you're experiencing life on your own for the first time, and I'm going through all the motions that I was brought up to do, and then was kind of thinking, but why? Mm. Why am I doing this? And it becomes more serious. What kind of response do you get from your family? I mean, obviously, they've had enough time for this to settle in, but uh, what has their journey been like in accepting that uh, you guys are going to be quite a distance away? We will. Um, I think your family might be more interesting than mine. Yeah. Um, I think my family has had some difficulty in accepting and understanding uh, what we're doing and okay. why we're going. And, and you, you come from a, a non-Christian family? Is that the way? Okay. I do. Uh, do, do they have a, a belief system? I mean, did your family affiliate or just, uh, okay. So this is just a different world for them altogether then? Yes, very okay. much so. Okay. But, but I would still have to think that they would be pretty proud that you're doing something bold for other people? Uh, it's unclear. Okay. Obviously, they worry a lot. Gotcha. They have a lot of worriers. <laughs> uh, I get that. I get that. Now, John, what about you? Yeah, I was just going to say, it took us, man, it took a while for you to approach the topic with them. I was very I was, nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was like two or three trips and before it'd be like, well, we're going to bring it up to him this time. <laughs> and then we would like be standing in the kitchen getting ready to leave. And I'm like, oh, is this going to happen? But it did finally happen. It did. Mm-hmm. Finally. Yeah. Got it done. <laughs> <laughs> Rip that bandaid off. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and, and for my family, it's, it's interesting. It, it's been, um, yeah, it's been really interesting for me to learn from my parents' journey through this because, so my, my I grew up in a Christian home and my parents were always very active in the church and very involved. And, okay. um, you know, their own faith story really began when they were, I think, getting engaged and did their uh, marriage counseling with the pastor. And that's what got them first sort of reconnected with the church. But, um, you know, so growing up, getting involved in ministry didn't really seem like a big deal to bring up to them. I kind of felt like they would be fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were in theory. And I think they, <laughs> they knew that they should be, but it's still, it's still a journey for them because they are still parents sure. that are worried yeah. for us. Yeah. So are you looking at, at packing up and moving for an extended period of time when you go? I mean, are you talking one year, two years? What, what, what time frame are you thinking here? Or is this a lifetime move? Kind of all of the above. Okay. Actually. Okay. Um, we we are going with an open ended time frame. Okay. So we are going for as long as we feel God is calling us to be there. Okay. Wow. And uh, yeah, with that in mind, we've sort of um, I don't know, trying to be sort of cautious or wise stewards with it. Um, we have sort of made the commitment ourselves, just. To, for us personally, to kind of give ourselves permission to reevaluate and prayer, pray through after at least two years. So between two and three years, 
start praying over and talking, well, do we still feel God's calling us here? Because um, I think part of the part of the thing that can make it intimidating or scary is if you think about it as like this lifelong decision and there's no turning back. And that's really scary and it's really intimidating, but um, I think it's okay to say, well, I'm going to do it for a few years and then we can we can do another check-in and see where we're at. So, so are you guys already fluent in the language where you'll be going or no. where are you on that? <laughs> we are not. Um, it was actually recommended to us that we don't really learn the language until we are there. Part mm-hmm. of this reason is because the language is basically different everywhere you go okay. in, in the country. Um, so anything we might learn might be wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Might be right in one area and well, yes. a little different in somewhere else. Um, and the other nice thing is, so we want to, our heart is for college students. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And kind of throughout the world, most any, any student who is at the college level is pretty fluent in English. Mm-hmm. And we still want to learn the local language so that right. we can have more intimate conversations. Um, but the nice thing is that we will have an opportunity to hit the ground running and have an opportunity to start building relationships on day one. And when you were talking about the different in, difference in dialects, it occurred to me as well because I know where you're, uh, or the, the generally where you're going. And I'm thinking, oh, I love the food from that area, but but the food's got to be different depending oh, yeah. on where you go as well. So, it will. yeah. Uh, so, what what do you expect? And when you, if you work with college students, what is the general belief system in? Well, and I guess we can't get too specific there, but is the belief significantly different from Christianity? Will there be any Christian base there at all? What 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 among college students would you say is the receptivity to folks who come in in the name of Jesus? I uh, we're not actually sure because uh, we're the first ones doing it here. That okay, we know okay, of. all right. Um, so it's something that we will be doing. Meanwhile, our team is has other focuses. Um, so we're not totally sure. Okay. Interesting. I think, I think the impression that I have had from being um, in country for about three, two or three months and um, built some, had similar friendships with some of the, the guys that I met there. I think similar in a way to, I think American culture, there's an openness to, to hear from other people. Um, and there's some curiosity there, but when you start talking about making life changes, that's when it starts getting more contentious. So I think there's there's a fair bit of curiosity. Mm. I mean, there's it's easy to be curious. Um, and there's even some minimal levels of base knowledge, too, about Christianity, but because, you know, the internet. <laughs> but right, right. Yeah, making that change themselves is likely going to be difficult. Okay. Do, do you guys have any spiritual heroes that you're kind of modeling yourselves after or that you have, have looked to for help and guidance in being inspired in this journey? Or is there anybody at all who's been a, a hero to you in this process? And it doesn't necessarily have to be because they were a missionary in that particular region. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, have there been spiritual giants that have kind of inspired you along in this journey? I don't know. Uh, similar mm. but different. Like, well, we will be joining a team where we're going, so we won't be alone. Mm-hmm. So we'll have um, in-person prayer support and accountability and 
um, be able to share our struggles and triumphs and do the same for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of, frankly, if I had a spiritual hero, it'd probably be someone who just dove into it without knowing what to expect <laughs> and just yeah made it all work with duct tape and a prayer. Um, but I think for me personally, definitely a spiritual mentor, uh, My the pastor of my youth group growing up, was a really foundational mentor in my life. And I think it came back to, like you were saying earlier, um, putting your money where your mouth was, mouth is. And he was someone who was, um, I don't know, encouraging us to take seriously what we believed and to think about it seriously. And I think one of the reasons why I asked that question is because you mentioned that you're kind of pioneers in what you're doing here. So, in a sense, do you guys see yourselves as trailblazers as well in this particular uh, mission field? Or, or do you have people who have, are, have opened doors and you're going to be able to walk through them? How, how is this going to work for you in this particular area, especially with college students? It's kind of a mixed bag. Like Jen was saying, there is a, there is a team there that we're going to be joining. Okay. Um, and the, our, the organization that we're with has been in, this, has been in country for a number of decades, the specific city that we're in, um, the team that we are joining has been there for a few years now. Um, but there has not, no one on that team has started working on the campus. So one of the reasons we have you here today too, is because you guys are hoping to be able to head out as possibly as early as this summer, but there are still so many unknowns, like, for example, and we'll talk about how folks can help you out financially if they would like to do that, but let's think about this COVID thing right now. This has to have been a major uh, setback for you that you weren't expecting. Is that is that the case? I think it's been a mixed bag in surprising ways. Um, there, We aren't able to travel to this country because of COVID and travel restrictions, Um so that's obviously one barrier that right. we have no idea when will be lifted. Um, but in a surprising way, we have still been able to connect with people because there's a lot more familiarity with um, video calling programs. Like, oh, yes. You know, Teams and Zoom and, um, I mean, Facebook has one, Google has one. They're all over the place now, and people are a lot more familiar with them. So we've been really fortunate to still be able to make contact and share our story with people that don't live in the area. And even if they do, we want to avoid contact and stay socially distant for now. Yeah, it's been um, – because even – because before COVID, all these – a lot of these platforms already existed, and anyone who has worked overseas is going to be familiar with them. Um, but this situation has forced everyone to get used to them in a way that has become helpful for us. Like Jen said, like now it's easier to connect with more people more often than I think we could have before when traditionally people would have wanted to meet up in person, which is fine. It just, it's a bigger time commitment, there's travel commitment. And the other nice thing is I feel like this sets maybe a routine that might be something that can be maintained from overseas too. Because once everybody's, as more people get more comfortable with those kind of long distance video calls, that's, it makes it easier for us to maybe stay connected with people and to churches. Um, It's less of a weird thing or a big hurdle that someone might perceive. 
I'm guessing too, the internet has to have been a helpful thing to you in getting to know this area where you're going to, as well as a, a tool that you would not have had in years past. Has that played a big role in, in your education in this process or at least a role? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, you know, everything's on the internet. So mm-hmm. we've been able to find stats and, um, you know, even something as much as the population of believers in the city we're going to is not even 1%. Mm-hmm. So the chances that people will be able to encounter someone that will share the gospel with them are extraordinarily small, which, you know, for me is kind of shocking. What, what Can you tell the population of the area that you'll be going to? Approximately. You're the one that always keeps track of those numbers. <laughs> um, it is a small city of 1.6 million people. Okay, yeah. Because I think we've all gotten over the idea that missionaries are going to the jungles. You know, oh, I think yeah. we've gotten yeah. past that, but there's, I think there's still probably a perception that you're, that you're going to these eroticated people who are just trying to crawl out of their holes and you're going to help yeah. them to do that. Right. And that's not the case. You're going true. to a very... Uh, Densely uh, populated area. Yes. Right. With with very educated, well, uh, you know, people who are very solid in, in, in their lifestyles that uh, just need to know who Jesus is. And, and uh, uh, do you think that that's still much of a barrier in people understanding what it is you're doing, that they don't really understand who you are going to? I think that plays into the difference of um, generation. I think gotcha. that was... That was something that is maybe more typical of older generations of going to, you know, unreached middle of nowhere. Well, yeah. today the unreached is still in a big city. Right, right. Well, let's talk about how folks can help you out because as we've talked to you, it's it's a possibility that somebody said, you know, I, I, I would like to resource them a little bit. And, and that's not the reason you're here, but at the same time, your journey is dependent upon being able to get support so tell us, what do you guys need in way of support, and how can we be helpful to you? I mean, the simplest thing is financial support, um, which I do not like asking for. Sure. I mean, that can be a whole other conversation, but there's <laughs> um, the ways that we do the the fundraising side of this, the way we do it. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, so we, are, we have a budget um, while we're in the field, uh, that we have to raise up from regular commitments. Um, currently, we are at about 73% of that budget is met. Um, we need to be up to 90% for our organization to give us authorization to go. Yeah. And, and I just want to be clear, too, we, uh, this was never set up for you guys coming in and saying, you know, we need to get support, but this is just a real thing that you've got to weigh out, and, and it is a hard thing when you talk about money. So for most of our listeners out there, this may not be a plea for you. Just pray. Just Absolutely. Just keep John and Jen your prayer list. Well, and that's and that's the other big piece of it. It's not really just that, I mean, the finances, the financial side is the easy one to bring up because it's very hands-on. It's very practical. Um, but we, you know, the other big part of that is prayer support, and also for uh, people in the U.S. that don't have a chance to go, we want to be able to, to connect with them and to um, and to share the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah. We want them to be accessible to the people that are praying for us that we're sharing stories with. Very good. Yeah, and I think like like Jen, you mentioned earlier, kind of 
asking the question of how am I involved in the ministry of the church, in the mission of the church. And it's not just, I mean, the people actually go, it's a very small number, but, you know, maybe your part in your role in that is just praying for the people that are going mm-hmm. um, or being advocates for them and learning more and sharing and praying story. for the hearts of the people that we'll be sharing with to be receptive to the gospel and to get to know Jesus themselves. Because at the end of the day, that's who it is that we are going for. You know, we're going because... They don't know Jesus, and they don't have yes. an opportunity for someone to share that with them. Wow. Yes. That's huge. So, so if you folks would like to get in contact with John and Jen, or if you would like to contribute, here's what we're going to do. Uh, you can contact us through any of the contact forms on our website. You can call into the church, and we can uh, uh, tell you how you can either give, or we could put you in contact if you have any questions or would like some follow-up with uh, John and Jen. I'm sure you would invite that uh, in the months ahead as you hear this podcast. So uh, just contact us at the church, and we will put you in touch, unless, of course, you happen to be a part of the church and know them already, then just give them a call or reach them. And, Absolutely. And, and once we're, you know, we are happy to connect with everybody. We want to share the story. We want to interact and help people to learn more. And if you reach out to us directly. We can share all the secrets. Yes. <laughs> you can get in on the secret. Yeah. I like yep. that. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. This has been really interesting, and, and I hope that other people, from having heard you talk about this, might be inspired to also say yes to something that God is putting on their hearts that they may be a little afraid of saying yes to, and it may not be uh, you know, a far distance away. It may be, but... Uh, just to learn to say those yeses as God brings them. And he uh, He blesses us, doesn't he, when we say those yeses? I think he does. He does, yeah. 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 Thank you so very much for being with us. And again, we invite you to uh, like and share these uh, 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 podcasts on uh, social media, if you will. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget to leave your rating as well. That's helpful to us as well. And I'm Greg Fish for The 116. You've been listening to the stories of the 116 from our studio at First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, Illinois. You can find the show notes or contact us with your questions and comments through our website at www.fumcpeoria.org.